Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Slumber Party. I invite you to my slumber party, except like the ones you attended in the 90s. This one actually includes sleep for you, your children, and the entire family. Uh, every week, I have a unique guest or I answer a fun question about sleep to get you and your family the sleep that you need. So today I sat down with Marley Cohen, who is just so adorable. She's a Toronto-based health and fitness fitness fanatic. She runs a pretty impressive Instagram account at Kale and Crunches. Uh, she has an amazing blog, kaleandcrunches.com. Um, and what I really love about her is that everything that she's promoting is saying is really balanced. If you're not into insane diet culture or like how to get your flat tummy in five seconds, Marley is who you should be talking about. But we actually didn't talk a lot about what Marley's doing, though that's a great topic for another podcast. We talked about Marley's new edition of Lily. Um, I've wanted to do a newborn podcast for quite some time, and I knew that Marley had a newborn baby, uh, and the way we structured it is we just basically answered her questions about newborn life, uh, because it is hard. It is really hard, and it's challenging, and it's forever changing. So I think if you have a newborn baby, if you know a mama who just had a baby, this is a really good conversation. I actually really loved our conversation. I think it's really, you know, I, I don't want to say deep. That insinuates it's like heavy, but it we get into the nitty gritty of a lot of stuff. And Marley asks great questions. So once again, thanks so much, Marley, for joining me. This is a judgment-free zone. All types of sleep are encouraged. Uh, so put on your headphones, walk around for the duration of a crap nap, and just enjoy yourself. And enjoy the show. All right, everyone. Welcome to the second season of Slumber Party. We are... I don't know if you can hear it in the background, but <laughs> we are uh, talking today to Marley Cohen, uh, otherwise known as Kaylin Crunches. Marley, do people just come up to you and say, Kaylin Crunches? Not really. I mean, no, maybe okay. it's happened a couple times, but... <laughs> it's, I've had it a couple times where I've been at an event and someone will say to me, and I, am, I have like literally a 1% of the notoriety you do, and someone will come up to me and be like, baby's best sleep! Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that everyone knows my, my actual name. Um, yeah, very true. Awesome. So Marley is a... Uh, health and wellness blogger, Instagram queen. Um, she's everywhere. She lives in my neighborhood, which I love. Uh, I love where you, uh, seeing where you're going in the hood, and I'm like, well, I'll go there. Um, but uh, I follow Marley because uh, I'm. I always like to stay ahead of trend and find out what moms, you know, who have brand brand new babies are thinking and feeling. But also, I really. I don't follow a lot of health and wellness stuff because it's very, very, very like weight loss focused and like eat this diet food. And that is just not me. And I, I love that. I think you have a really balanced approach to wellness and I friggin' love your recipes and all the food. Like you eat real food. I do. Um, <laughs> that's, that's so key for me. I eat all the foods and yeah. so I want to follow people who also eat all the foods. Um, so yeah, that's that's my introduction. I love everything you're doing. Tell us a little bit about yourself and sure. and your your new baby. 
Yeah, so I've been, I guess, blogging now for maybe almost four years now. I do it full-time, which has been, I guess, about two years of that now. I left the corporate world to pursue my side hustle, which is health and wellness blogging, personal training, group uh, classes, and all that good stuff. Um, and I always shared my journey of, I guess it started with a how to be healthy in your nine-to-five job on Instagram, and then that transitioned to tips as a personal trainer and a health and wellness coach and then it transitioned to showing more of my personal life and then uh, when I got pregnant that sort of took a whole turn on social media for me and I apologize I'm nursing right now so these are not my weird noises Lily. <laughs> every mom is like I know that noise <laughs> no apologies exactly <laughs> um yeah so it took a turn to just really share a lot about my journey um, in pregnancy Oh, sorry, and how that's sort of um, my relationship with my body and body image changed and developed. And okay, hang on a second. <laughs> okay, no, that, this is real life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Obviously, like she's normally a great theater nurse, and then as soon as we're recording, she decides to put on a show. <laughs> I, I say this to clients all the time that like our kids know they have a sixth sense when you need them to do something. Like a lot of the time it revolves around sleep, but it's like, hey, I need you to like go to bed right at this time so I can make my workout class. And they're like, never, I'm never going to sleep. I'm exactly. never going to do that. She knows when I want to like get a little workout in at home. She wakes up. Exactly. Anyway, so my, yeah. So I sort of cultivated a new audience and community on Instagram just from sharing my journey in pregnancy. Um, it was all about definitely like still, you know, it's kale and crunches, still how to stay fit and feel good, but also a lot about dealing with things like, you know, your perception of yourself and your body image is changing and how to deal with that. Mm -hmm. um, and I was very honest with the fact that I went from, you know, eating kale salads to bagels and cheese all day long and mm -hmm. how it felt very far removed from that once health and wellness blogger that I was. Yeah. To pregnant woman who couldn't keep down anything green but anything white and orange was perfect <laughs> totally and now, I remember yeah. sorry go ahead I was just gonna say now since having Lily it's sort of been the same thing just sharing like the real life of a new mom and really not sugarcoating anything <laughs> I think um, it's funny that you say that. I mean, I didn't start off as a health and wellness blogger. I, I like joked because I've, I've never been more healthy than I am now, but I, prior to having children, I was not. Um, and, uh, but I was always dieting. I was always doing a diet, 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 diet. And the first time I really stopped dieting, and I want to say 10 years is when I got pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't, like, I really... I don't know if you feel this way. I feel like your body, it becomes very primal. You know what you need at that moment. Exactly. I, I think you needed white food and orange foods. Yeah. And that's what she needed. And it was the only thing that made me feel nourished and good. Like it wasn't even about, oh, I don't feel nauseous. It's like I have a primal need to eat just like crackers and mm -hmm. bread with mm -hmm. butter on it. <laughs> And I just went with it. Yeah. I, I was even really lucky. I wasn't even that nauseous in my pregnancy. I actually felt pretty good. But that primal need for cheese was real. Yeah. Yeah. And there, we got to listen to our bodies. Exactly. Well, I just I, I, yeah. This is a big, I, it's why I enjoy your Instagram so much because yeah. I don't think it's pushing moms to be this unrealistic Kim Kardashian down to 100 pounds in three weeks. Oh like God. that's, you know. It, I'm not judging that either because I do think a lot of women's bodies bounce back and then they get a lot of 
shit in the other way, right? Like, what are you doing? Are you eating? You can eat a cheeseburger. But like, there's no pressure, right? And exactly. Baby. Oh no! Oh, do you want to say hi? She's taking this in right now. Oh, she's so cute. So Marley and I can see each other. We're talking on Zoom. You can't see her, but it's she's super freaking cute. Uh, your baby is really cute, which is helpful because you're on Instagram. And right. you have a good aesthetic. Uh, and she's great for your aesthetic. That's hilarious. So the, the reason why I wanted to have you on today is um, not... I actually am super passionate about the newborn stage because this is when I started my work with my girls. Everyone's going to be different in this respect. I, I also want to point out by saying that because I my, my whole story, and I've probably told this story on my podcast a few times, but um, the reason why I became a sleep consultant is because I'm obsessed with sleep. I need eight hours. And when I got pregnant, I had like 47 people tell me I'd never sleep again. Mm -hmm. And so that was really terrifying to me. And I learned everything I could. And I had really good sleepover, uh, sleepovers. <laughs> I did not have any sleepovers. I had really good sleepers uh, really early on. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, by six to eight weeks, they were doing long stretches and I had another kid and, and that worked out. Um, I should preface all of this by saying I had pretty chill babies and temperament does play a lot into this. So if, if what I'm saying you're hearing is like, screw you, <laughs> that is not my experience. You can tell me to screw off. I, I totally understand. But I do think that there is also, um, um, misinformation about the newborn stage. Like, look, it's going to be horrible. There's nothing you can do. You have to sleep during that four months and then it gets better. I don't think that that's true either. Um, for a lot of people, they want to take that route. Like, look, I just want to like, do whatever I want to do. I want to sleep with my baby. I want to feed them. I want to do that. And I think that's really good too. Mm -hmm. um, but I do get a lot of questions about newborn sleep and you're in the thick of it. You are in the like right now. Every time I, <laughs> yes, you are like, and I really wanted to get a newborn voice because I forget I have a five and three year old. I have yeah. the ideal versions in my head of them. You know, when your in-laws or your parents will be like, Oh, when I was a parent, like they imagine themselves being so cool, calm and collected. And <laughs> yes. Like when I asked my mom about sleep, she's like, whatever, I just put you in the crib and I left. I'm like, that's not, there's no way. Right. There's no exactly. way. So I'm a little bit worried that I could be like that. And I was like, I want to talk to someone who's in the newborn world and mm -hmm. we, you ask me your questions and we'll kind of talk about newborn sleep and go from there. And right. you actually opened this up to your Instagram and holy cow, you got some questions. You got a lot of questions. I only sent you the first little bit because I wanted to make sure I got them to you, but I haven't really checked. I'm sure there's a lot more. Um, so yeah, I guess I should also preface it by, I don't have anything to compare it to, but I think Lily's a pretty chill baby so far. I'm going to knock on this desk here. Yeah, He's a, She seems to be a really good baby. Um, and also, I guess the biggest thing is that, or my mantra that I've sort of been living by, or the rule that I've been going by, is where I think a good place to start off, which is sort of, you can't create bad habits, nothing matters until you sleep train. So maybe let's start with that. <laughs> I, yeah, a hundred percent. I'm, I tell my newborn clients, so my newborn program is over six weeks. It's really general. I'm like, here are your sleep tips, you practice. And then we talk about it every two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, and some people come to me and they're like, I've made zero progress. I have done nothing. Everything is failing. And I'm like, no, 
you get 7,000 get out of jail free cards in the newborn phase right. because your baby does not have the capacity to remember a bad habit. They don't even know that they have arms. And so, that, so that is a false statement. I mean, a true statement that you, that you cannot create bad habits this early on. Listen, if you were to say to me, okay, I am going to, well, let's, let's, I guess I want to really define what a bad habit okay. is. Fair. I'm really careful to yeah. honor everyone's experience. Right. Like my job and what I do is to help people sleep independently. So mm-hmm. that's not for everybody. Some people want to co-sleep and they sleep better and everyone does that. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing that, you don't need me, right? You're probably right. not listening to this podcast because you're sleeping and living your life. Um, But I do think that um, a bad habit is anything that you don't necessarily want to keep doing forever. Okay. That's a very good definition. Yeah. So if you're cool with doing the thing that you're doing forever, I say carry on. Um, If there is something that you don't want to be doing, you probably want to pull back on it. Um, So a bad habit, you know, let's say nursing to sleep. Babies are going to nurse to sleep at this age, they're drowsy. They're Mm -hmm. like basically little cells outside of your body. Like that's going to happen. And as they get older and older, you can probably work towards that. Mm -hmm. So you can't, if you only did that up until four months, Mm -hmm. it's not that all of that, like if you were to call me at three months, your baby might have some established patterns of behavior by three months. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say before that, you you generally, as long as you're working towards independent sleep, it probably will happen. I've nursed my kids to sleep. Mm -hmm. I have patted and rocked them and shushed them to sleep. And Mm -hmm. I still didn't need to sleep train them. Right. Well, I just think, first of all, this early on, she falls asleep. Like when she's, I have a lot of milk and like she guzzles it and gets exhausted. Like, of course it's going to happen. Yes. So I'm not going to wake her up then to put her back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and when, as she gets a little bit older and bigger, yeah. so how, how many weeks is she now? Exactly. Nine weeks. She'll okay. be 10 weeks on Tuesday. It's Friday. You're going to see a really big change in her after 12 weeks. I'm sure you, you know this with the newborn yeah. stage. Oh my yeah. God. Every week is a different child. A different baby every day. Yeah. Every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that after 12 weeks, you can maybe start working again, if you want to, in like just spacing out when that feed is. And, mm-hmm. and she's going to be less likely to fall asleep on the boob. Right. Because yeah. she's older, more aware. She's like, mm-hmm. hey, what's going on? I see your necklace. What's going on? Right. Yeah. So I think like the one, I guess, habit that I wouldn't want to continue, but is my favorite thing in the world right now, and I just don't want to stop anytime soon, is yeah. after her, let's say, 5 a.m. feed, the one that's between five and six, I just, I like co-sleep with her. And it's my favorite thing in the world. And I, I know it's not going to last forever because she's not going to want to sleep on my chest forever. <laughs> she's not going to fit on my chest forever, but it's my favorite thing ever. I'll pull her out. I'll feed her, I'll pull her out of her bassinet, feed her. And then we just sleep and we, I get in the deepest, my best two hours of sleep is when she's on my chest in the early morning. And I think that you should continue doing that. Mm -hmm. So when I went back to work, um, again, this is pre-sleep training, Mm pre-knowing so, so much, or sorry, sleep consultant life. Mm -hmm. But I went back to work pretty early with um, my first daughter. And so she was still getting up. She was four months when I went back to work. She was getting up for that like four or 5 a.m. feed. I would Mm -hmm. feed her. She'd go back to bed. But a lot of the times I would just pull her into bed and have a little snuggle. And it didn't seem to disrupt our sleep work at all. Um, I always tell people a problem is only a problem if it's a problem for you. So 
these things only become a problem if the rest of your day and night look like shit, right? right. So yep. you're like, hey, she's crying for 30 minutes every time I put her down for a nap, or she doesn't fall asleep at night unless she's on my chest. Mm-hmm. I, we'll probably have to get rid of that thing. Yeah. But if it's not posing a problem, and I would, I would suggest for some babies, you can get away with that. It's just like the people in every mom's group. How Are you in mom's groups? On I'm not in a group, but I sort of had a natural built-in group because I am having babies at the same time as all my friends. Oh, amazing. <laughs> which That's is amazing. amazing. Like my best friend. So every single one of us is with a newborn or a, an infant. So it's, yeah. Oh, you're so, so like a built-in group. It's really lucky. Yeah. That's so amazing. Yeah. Well, I think what you'll, okay. Facebook is notoriously vicious, but yeah, stayed away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you will always sort of see someone post about, you know, my kid does this and for so long and like someone will be like, you know, just feed them to sleep or just co-sleep with them. Mm-hmm. And I do. And and then they say, you know, I did that for so long and then my kid just stopped doing it. Mm -hmm. I think that that exists. I do Mm -hmm. think, but there's also going to be a group of people where that you're going to have to move them along, right? Right. They they will not make that decision on their own. Mm -hmm. So if it's impacting you, then you'll have to make a change. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like those little mantras. Like it's only a problem. It's a problem for you or do totally. It's, It's easy to remember. Like, when you, cause it's so easy to overthink everything in this stage. Yeah. Every, every time you do something and it's a good night, you're like, Oh, what did I do? I want to recreate it. And then every time something bad happens, you're like, what did I do to stop? You know, it's, you're always overthinking everything. There is a really funny comic of, I don't know if you've seen it or it's like a meme. It's like scientists in a lab. And then the meme is like me and my husband after our husband or our baby's first night of full sleep. Exactly. The first time my newborn slept eight hours in a row, um, we were, this is so bad. My father-in-law is a lovely, amazing man. And he was a GP for a really long time. And this is the first time I was leaving Winnie alone. So I'm freaking out. I'm really freaking out. I have like seven bottles of pump milk, just in case. Yeah. And um, they feed her a bottle, they put her down. And that must've just been a lot of milk or whatever. So she sleeps until five. I freak out. I'm literally up from 2am till 5am. Mm-hmm. And before I had left to go on this date with my husband, I was like, look, there's five bottles. If she needs them, just take them. And he goes, Amanda, I'm a doctor. If she needs a little something, I got a whole bunch of something in the cupboard over there. And I was, <laughs> so then she slept. And I woke up the next day and I asked my husband, I was like, do you think he drugged her? And my husband's like, no, that's insane. (laughs) So then I couldn't let it go. This is like your postpartum brain, right? Right. Exactly. And then, so I asked my father-in-law and he's like, are you being serious right now? Like, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You didn't get my baby drugs. (laughs) Totally. But I mean, again, we did the whole, like, we're going to recreate every possible situation that we did to get her to do them. Yeah. So So what are your, I mean, we can jump into your Instagram questions. I I think they're pretty, yeah, maybe let's just talk about, I think one of the most common questions was just about like schedules and things like that with a newborn. Like, is there such thing as a sleep schedule for a newborn this early on? Should you be trying to get them into some sort of schedule? I know there's all those books like 12 hours by 12 weeks and there's all these, you know, things that people suggest. Is there really anything you can be doing now to set them up for successful long stretches? And are long stretches okay even this early on? 
So I, I, this is such a good question because I remember I read the book, The Baby Whisperer, which has nuggets of, of goodness in it, but it's a lot of misinformation. It's a very popular book, but there's some like crazy stuff about breastfeeding in there. I would not read it if you're a breastfeeding mom. Like one of the things that she talked about was like, if your baby doesn't nurse for more than five minutes at a time, they're not getting enough and they're going to be failure to thrive. And I like brought my doctor, I brought my baby into the doctor and I was like, is she getting enough? And she was like 16 pounds at six weeks. Right. And it's like your brain doesn't work. You're like, okay. Um, But one of the things in that book was like this eat, play, sleep. And it was on like a three hour or four hour routine. And again, I think it might work for a small percentage. For me, it made me incredibly anxious because for most newborns, your newborn is not really going to be on a schedule. And especially if they're breastfeeding, um, their bodies don't know it's 9 a.m. They don't know it's this. You know what I mean? So when we are enforcing a schedule, we might be ignoring a hunger cue or a sleep cue based on like what the clock says. Mm-hmm. And personally, I find that anxiety inducing. Um, I don't I don't know about you. I think there's another half of the population that says, I really need a schedule so I can be sane and not having a schedule makes me crazy. I I... I'm kind of in that camp as well. Um, all I can suggest is we want to be following wake windows instead. So um, I'm going to link to a blog in the liner notes here with a link to my baby sleep totals chart. Um, and most babies between, I would say, zero, like zero to four weeks, probably 45 minutes to an hour is all they can be awake. Mm-hmm. Uh, four to, you know, 10 weeks, we're looking at about an hour to an hour and a half. And then I would say 10 mm-hmm. to 16 weeks, we're looking at anywhere between an hour to two hours. Your baby will tell you, they'll give you some good cues. Um, and then when, if you honor their, in those, those first little time, you honor their wake windows and you're feeding them when they want to be fed, a schedule emerges, Yes, which is really good. Have you found that? Totally. I recently read about wake windows because I was finding that I was, was like kind of worried that she was asleep so much. Yeah. Um, and then I read that she right now should be in the 60 to 90 minute range. And then since I read that a couple of days ago, I've been paying attention to her cues and I'm noticing, yeah, oh my God, like she's not hungry right now. She's tired. Yes. Yes. And yes. She needs a little bit more assistance to be, you know, she just needs me to rock her a little bit, give her that soother and then she'll pass out in a second. I'm like, Oh, you were, you were tired. I was just ignoring that. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know. <laughs> well, shove I, my boob in your mouth. Exactly. <laughs> like, no, I'm full. I'm tired. <laughs> I remember feeling so confident about sleep, and then I happened on this blog that talked about wake windows, and I was like, "Oh my god, I love this so much more. This makes so it much makes sense. So much more sense. Because of, like the little baby, like we when we're born or when we wake up, we all have sleep pressure, mm-hmm. and that's like the how tired you feel um, as soon as you, or, you know, how, when you feel tired basically and how quickly that happens. So for babies, sleep pressure builds really, really quickly for adults is pretty slowly. And for a newborn baby where literally life is too stimulating and too much, their, their sleep pressure builds really quickly. Um, And then it tends to um, get longer and longer and longer as older, as they get older. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm not a huge fan of, of schedules. I am a huge fan of wake windows. Yeah. And I think when you honor your wake windows, you're probably going to see that your baby takes three to four naps, generally with a half an hour 
of the same time every day. If you give yeah. it a month or two, it happens for most of my, my clients. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And then you mentioned earlier about that. They don't know if it's 9am or 9pm. And that was a big question too. Do they don't know the difference between day and night this early, right? They, they, that, so I think what I meant by like, they don't know it's 9am, it's time for your nap, you know, like I say it's yeah. nine. Um, but I think that the sun actually plays a really important role in regulating a baby's circadian rhythm. So the circadian rhythm, it, it, it's in everybody. It basically tells us when we should feel tired, when we should be asleep and awake. Yeah. And the sun and light exposure are really uh, important indicators. So uh, often you do have babies who mix their night and days. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard, what is it? They're usually born at nighttime or something. Those babies who have their days and nights mixed up. Anyway, yeah. the only thing that you can really do is give lots and lots of light exposure during the day okay. and then have complete darkness during nighttime okay. and really resist the urge. Like I think TV has programmed us and myself, like I did this. Mm-hmm. Um, TV has programmed us that when we're up for our feeds, we, we turn on the TV, we turn on the lights and we're mm-hmm. up, right? We're up. Yeah. You don't have to do that. Keep your lights off right. first in low light and put them right back to sleep again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, that, yeah, that answers a lot of questions for sure. Um, okay. So maybe let's talk about sleep training a little. <laughs> and yeah. I know this is a big one, just to make sure that we get it in. Because yeah. like I said, my mantra has sort of been, can't create bad habits. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do and enjoy this time and this flexibility. Although I'm quickly learning that there isn't much flexibility yeah. as I learn her, but until I sleep train. So what are your thoughts on really not doing anything until you hit that four month mark to sleep train versus starting to create little routines and schedules or habits to implement before sleep training. So the whole reason I got into this, this work, um, one, cause I like sleep, but the really big second por- par- portion and part of this is that, um, when I was on, I did take a full mat leave with my second child and I was like joining all these mommy and me groups and I was going to belly boot camp and, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm meeting these friends and then they stopped showing up to the group when their baby stopped sleeping. And then when they did come, they were exhausted shells of themselves mm-hmm. and it started happening to friends. And I was like, oh, this is such a shitty thing to happen to women and moms. And it really falls on us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I really, I can tell you how to get your baby to sleep independently. My main mission is for you to feel good. So there's going to be a mom like me who wants to start early and um, get on it so they don't have to sleep train or they just want to be sleeping better really quickly. Mm-hmm. And that is... Um, that's like 50% of the people that I work with. Like, I just want to be proactive. I think that's great. And I think that's actually going to serve mom to feel like this is what I want and I'm working towards it and I'm doing something. And it's like scratching that itch in my brain to tell me to do something. Then there's going to be a whole other camp that's loving their life. That's loving their newborn. Um, They're not really worried. They're like, well, you know, I'm getting up, but I don't care because I am enjoying it. Mm -hmm. I'm not desperate. I don't feel like crap every day. Um, I think both are fine. People will call me at like, six months and be like, did I wait too late to sleep train? Absolutely not. It is never too late to sleep train. Mm -hmm. If you are fine, that is my number one priority is bomb. If you feel good, if you're nursing or feeding your baby and your baby is happy and you're happy with whatever your current sleep situation is, then you should keep doing that until there's a problem. Right. 
So what would, um, let's say I'm the mom that, you know, just maybe wants to get a head start on it. Could you walk me through like what that would look like? You know, just some yeah. of the things. Yeah. The, I don't know if you're, if you're the other method is just the cried out method, but what would that look like if someone wanted to start maybe creating better habits or practices earlier so on? I don't teach cry it out in any way. I mean, crying it out is like essentially leaving your baby to cry out all night. Yeah peacing out, seeing them in the morning. Nobody wants to do that. I know, I know. Um, nobody wants to do that. And I don't think that you have to do it. Um, if you wait till after four months, there will probably be crying involved, but mm -hmm. you don't ever have to peace out and not attend to your child. Mm -hmm. You can stay with them if you want to until they figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, but they're going to cry because there is uh, a change in what right. You're sleeping. Um, I wouldn't suggest doing any sleep training before four months. Mm -hmm. um, when you're in the newborn stage, what we're looking at, and, and just looking at your Instagram questions, yeah. I hope that this answer is actually a lot of the question. Yeah, <laughs> probably. So, does um, oh, I'm just looking at a question here. I was like, what baby kale? But your baby kale. I thought she was. I was like, how is that possible? <laughs> okay. Um, what we need to remember, my biggest piece of advice is our babies change every day, especially in the newborn phase. So I really tell moms, look, don't label your baby. Don't say your baby is spirited or high needs and they can never be helped. They're spirited and high needs right now. And they're not sleeping yet. And that's not just positive thinking. It's just true. Mm -hmm. I had this client to, um, called me at eight weeks and she had a tough cookie. He was really tough. And I worked uh, with her in a group coaching setting. And I was like, look, you need to take a week off. He will get this. And she, she worked really hard. We, we made strides, but it took time. It really took time. And in the end, she, she was like, I'm going to hire you for sleep training after she never needed to hire me. Right. And no one was more surprised than her right? And it's, if we get into the notion that our baby is this and they will never do this, they will never, ever do it. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm reading about like, my baby won't nap. They won't go into the cot. They won't go into the crib. What do I do? There isn't, these little guys are so connected to your body still. Mm -hmm. If you're like, some babies are cool. Like I, I, with, with Winnie, my first, she would not sleep anywhere but my chest for two weeks. Mm -hmm. And so in, a, uh, in preparation for my second, I bought this like bassinet that goes into your bed. And I was like, I won't have that problem again. Nora didn't care at all. She slept right. in her crib from day one. It's so annoying. Yeah. Um, but so you're going to have a little bit of a different thing, but if you have, you have a crib resistor or you have a nap resistor and, and these babies, you don't really want to nap. It's a matter of continually trying these strategies again and again at a time when you and baby are in a good mood. Because if you're like, go to sleep, yeah, which I've done, they're never going to sleep because they feel all of your, your anxious and your like negative energy, really. They're, because they don't know what's going on. They're like, why do you, you're freaking out. Should I be freaking out? Yeah, you know, what should I do? Totally. Um, so I think that it's a matter of, okay, if you are trying some strategies and my biggest piece of advice for all newborns, put them down awake swaddle them, you know, dress them appropriately, always check the AAP guidelines for swaddling. So Google them. It's basically light clothing. Um, you can swaddle arms in, make sure that they have their legs, um, 
being able to move. You don't want to do a full body swaddle. They need to move their legs. Um, uh, swaddling is going to reduce their uh, startle reflex. Um, recommend it. Mm -hmm. Be really careful about newborn sleep stuff. Uh, recommendations are always changing. Um, so things like that. So just be really careful about swaddling. I mean, you know, a month ago, the rock and play was being sold in stores exactly. and now it's recalled. So I'm very careful that it is really up to the client to make sure that they understand baby sleep safety. But you're gonna, regardless of whether you swaddle or not, I would like you to try to put your baby down when they're happy. So they're happy, they're chilling, it's been about an hour, okay. They might not even be showing you a sleepy sign, and sometimes when they show you a sleepy sign, that might be too late. So you go, put them down in the crib, and you walk away if they're happy, if they're happy. Mm -hmm. And then they're probably going to fall asleep, and if they don't, that's okay. You're going to go back and attend to them, and then you can help them fall asleep. Mm -hmm. You're going to keep trying that every day, and one day they're going to be like, oh, I know how to do this. And he'd be like, great. Okay. I'm going to capitalize this. I'm going to try that for the next nap. And then you do it for the next nap and then you do it for bedtime. And it's a matter of literally persisting that way. And this is okay from day one, like from zero weeks, like they're they totally learn to soothe themselves or I guess not soothe, but fall asleep. Yeah. Is, is there a difference between soothe, soothe, needing, them needing to soothe themselves and fall asleep? Because what if, some, if they're soothing themselves, is that like an unhappy baby? It's sort of, it can, it's often like um, used in the same way, but what people mean by self-soothing is generally like, let's say you, you're sleep training, right? At four months, your baby has always been held to sleep. And then at four months, you put them down, they're going to be pissed off, understandably. Right. Yeah. So then they cry and then people say, no, they need to learn how to self-soothe. Yeah. Yes, but what they're doing in that process is learning what helps them feel good to fall asleep. Right. Um, my kids, I mean, we've done cry stuff. Like there was a feeding when he was waking for at like 7.30, a half an hour after she would go to bed. And I knew she didn't need it. And we had to do like a little cry thing and then it was over. Mm -hmm. um, but my, my kids slept really well without having to quote unquote self-soothe, right? They just learn how to sleep. So they're used interchangeably interchangeably but a little bit different but essentially like it's it's a common sense thing if your child needs you you go to them right. if they don't need you it's okay to step away right okay and on the subject of self-soothing we quickly talk about pacifiers yeah <laughs> but Pacif Lily loves her pacifier and she'll sleep with it like we'll give it to her for a nap mostly but then I find that if I'm nursing her in the middle of the night and then I burp her, I'll put her down. She'll fall asleep really quickly without it in oh, the bassinet, which is great. But is it, does it ever become a problem if like they're, they get used to it and then they can't reach for it. They don't have the ability to put it back in their mouth. Is that something? You have described the problem. If there's going to be a problem, that would be what okay. it would be. Okay. Um, some babies love it. And I think they can be a great soothing tool for newborns for sure. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a prominent sleep consultant in the States who actually recommends them and tries to teach parents how to get their babies to put them in <laughs> yeah. choice. Um, my, my experience, however, is that anytime I've had a pacifier baby, they are not always the best nappers. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a, so the difference between like a baby sucking on their thumb or their fingers is that it's attached their, to their body. They don't have to find it. It's right there. Mm -hmm. So then they just 
pop it in, go back to bed. They don't wake. In order for a baby to sleep the night who needs a soother, they have to get wake up, get to full consciousness, find the soother, put it in. Mm-hmm. If I went to you and I woke you up, even for those microseconds every hour or two, you would feel exhausted the next day. Yeah. So there's that risk. And because they sleep, there's more light outside. We're not sleeping as well as we do at night. There's less melatonin production. And a long nap is essentially two short sleep cycles connecting. If a baby has to get up, find the soother, pop it in to connect, there's a risk that they may not go back to sleep because they've got to consciousness during the daytime. Those are the risks. So yeah. if, if you were to ever work with me past four months, I wouldn't recommend to soother. But if you if it's helping you now, it's something that we can easily remove later on. Yeah. Okay. And okay. I think another common question is, I mean, this might be a funny one, but <laughs> the, the people are asking a lot about like how long they should be napping for and if they should be waking them up past the two hour mark and things like that during the day. And if they sleep too much during the day, are they not going to sleep at night? Is that a thing? Um, it's, it's a funny balance here. It is a thing. It can be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have people tell you, oh, if your baby if your baby naps during the day, they won't sleep at night. That's not true. Um, most babies, most newborns need between like 18, 16 to, you know, sometimes depending how young they are, 20 hours of sleep a day. That means they're only awake for four hours, ideally. Um, and you were probably on the end of that when you were like, is my baby sleeping too much? <laughs> that can be really normal. Um, I would say that it, it depends. Like if your baby is sleeping you know, six to eight hours during the day and then up all night, we could probably reverse that for you. Um, You'd, you'd want to look at that. So you might have to start tapping naps. You hear all the time, never wake a sleeping baby, Mm -hmm. but it's okay if it's really impacting your nights. My general rule for newborns is you're probably going to get one three hour nap. And then I would cap the rest of the naps at one to two hours. If you're, if you're that lucky, but it can be very normal up to six months to only have what my clients like to call crap naps, 30 minute naps, um, where they get up and they will not go back to sleep. You're just going to march on forward, do your nap at the next wake interval. Okay. I love all your rules because you have a really good way of like simplifying it that it's easy to remember. (laughs) Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. It might've been my, my teacher years, like (laughs) a way for people to remember. Right. Exactly. Um, okay, I'm looking at some more because I want to make sure. Is there anything that I haven't asked yet that? I feel like a lot of the questions were yeah. about. Um, let me see. Oh, why does she wake up at night? If there's a, oh, should you still wake up? Okay, this is a good question. Is this during the day though? So there's a question, should you wake up a newborn to feed if they're still sleeping past the two-hour mark? And I think that probably means the day, maybe. You would probably want to talk to your doctor about how they're gaining and how they're eating. Um, it really it really is a, a, a weight game at this point. Yeah. Um, and there are some babies who need to be woken at night to feed. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely consult with your doctor about that. Yeah, we were waking Lily to feed only the first until she was at her birth weight, which was by yes. the, end of the first week. But yes. I, know, I think that they say you need to wake them to feed if, until they hit that birth weight. Right. Yes. But I mean, that's just what we were told. <laughs> I'm no doctor, obviously. Um, okay, it really is baby, yeah, baby right? Yeah. 
Um, okay, so here's one like personal one. So mm -hmm. Lily, so we have that, I think it's the bassinet you were talking about. We borrowed from my sister-in-law, the halo bassinet that goes yes. over the bed. So she doesn't actually go over the bed. So she's in the bassinet next to us every night and she probably feeds maybe twice in the middle of the night. We'll put her down around nine or 10. She wakes up around one or two and then we do another four or five and then it's wow. on Um is that, I don't know if that's a good wow or a bad That's time. awesome. No, that's really wow. good. Okay, yay. Yeah. Go Lily. There's like um, seven moms right now being like, I am going to kill her. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, but, and we have gotten like a six hour stretch every now and then. We're like, what did we do? But not, you know, it doesn't happen often. But she sounds like a barnyard animal. And she <laughs> is like, she's sleeping peacefully, but sounds like this crazy animal. Yeah. And it's definitely keeping us up, but I'm just not like emotionally ready to put her in the nursery. Yep. And then, because I feel like if the whole thing's going to start all over again, like running in, is she breathing? Is she okay? Is she alive? Do you have any tips on like how to make that first transition? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is. And when you, maybe when you shouldn't, is it like, would she sleep better? If she, she, can she smell me when she's that close to me? Are there like all the, are these things true? Um, they are true. I think so. I I'll always start off with safe safe sleep recommendations. So yeah. the American Academy yeah. of Pediatrics recommends room sharing up to twelve months. Um, I 12, think that yeah. Sorry, you said twelve months, twelve weeks. I mean, no, it's twelve months. Oh, twelve months room sharing. Yeah, yeah, really? yeah. Oh, I wow. Okay. It I used to that. be six months, and then recently, I want to say last year, they extended it to twelve. I know. How many people actually do that? I know. Well, I think I talked to my doctor about it because my kids were also barnyard animals, especially yeah. Nora. Mm -hmm. And I was really struggling. And I was like, look, we live in a small house. I can yeah. have my doors open. I can hear her if I, if something bad happens. Right. And, and, you know, I think in the end it needs to be a personal decision. Mm -hmm. Um, take those recommendations and speak with your doctor about what yeah. the best thing is for your baby. Uh -huh. Sometimes the best thing for your baby is a rested parent. So if you are not coping and you feel really, really horrible and you're getting two out more hours of mm -hmm. sleep when your baby is in another room, then that's actually the mm -hmm. safer thing for your baby in that moment. And it's worth talking to your doctor about. Um, when you do decide to make that transition, you just want to make sure that you feel ready. You've talked to your doctor about it, um, uh, that you have an ability to hear them, obviously. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't always mean using a monitor. Right. Um, like we live in Toronto houses. I'm sure you could probably hear her if you kept the door. Our nursery room is like 12 inches from my front exactly. door. Our doors can basically touch. We have very exactly. small yeah, <laughs> space so, between her room and our room. <laughs> Um, baby monitors tend to amplify every noise, like a cough, a sniff, a breath. And so when that happens, um, we hear everything and like we're more alert. So it might not actually be helpful. Mm -hmm. So if you can hear your baby, I don't think you need a monitor. Mm -hmm. um, if you feel comfortable using like an angel care monitor or an outlet, that's an option mm -hmm. for a lot of moms. That's going to create more anxiety because they're waiting for that thing to go off. Right. Um, it, it really, you need to you know you, your, you and your partner need to have a plan. Um, mm -hmm. You need some support. Um, and then it's basically just doing it. And yeah, if you do plan on doing it, uh, it's it's really important that you try lots of times in the crib, like all before that. 
You know what I mean? So during the day, when you are alert and aware and you see that they're okay in their crib, in their nap, then you're going to feel more comfortable doing it at night. There are a lot of studies to confirm that parents sleep better when they're not room sharing. Parents and babies. Um, And I have some stuff if people want to message me about that. But again, it really is a personal decision. I've worked with two-year-olds whose parents want to continue room sharing and we can make that happen. So it, it can all work. And if, would it make sense if I was moving her bassinet into the nursery or like if I'm already putting her in the nursery, might as well put her in the crib? Yeah, you can do a little bit of a transition, like put the bassinet right next to the crib and then just do like a little shift one day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The halo is so big anyways, I feel like it's the size of a crib. <laughs> the biggest part of it is its base. Yeah, oh my God, I know, moving it up, yeah, I mean, you can't move it. Like once it's in that spot, that's it. <laughs> it's totally. huge. Yeah. Well, Marley, we have hit on a lot of stuff and I like to try to keep this podcast to a crap nap time. And actually <laughs> we are we are into like, a good. good nap, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So I think we've really covered a huge, huge range. I'm going to link to a whole bunch of newborn resources in my blog. I'm going to link to your blog. Where can people find you? So the best place is on Instagram. It's at kale underscore and underscore crunches with a K. Um, Or my blog, kaleandcrunches.com. Awesome. It's full of beautiful things and a really frigging cute baby. (laughs) So um, thank you so much, Marley. It was a pleasure. Awesome. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Bye.